We all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hello, welcome to Finding Faith. I'm the author of two books, one of which is Leaving Church, Finding Faith, Six Steps for Discovering Your Purpose in the World After Leaving the Christian Church, and the primary focus of this podcast. You can find my works and me on my website at julietdoriswilliams.com. In this space, I talk sometimes about the book, but most times about what it means to be a practicing person of faith who is not connected to a church or the church, as it is commonly referenced. I aim for this to be a safe space where we talk about being a Jesus follower while practicing being human. So a lot about life, a lot about faith, a lot about the interplay between the two that we navigate day by day. Thanks for joining me. Happy Sunday, or whatever day of the week you are listening to this, Finding Faith Friends. I took an unanticipated, unplanned for break from talking and recording for a few weeks due to family tragedies. Yes, plural, two family tragedies in roughly a six-week period. I called it a roller coaster period where literally day to day we were either up or down. It's been several straight days of level traveling on the coaster, so I thought I would get back to it, it being what is my normal, regular routine, tending to the things that matter to me. One of these things is this podcast, which provides a platform for me to simply show up in my authentic self and share what's at top of mind and heart and to think out loud about my experiences of being human, a human who practices faith outside the institutional church. So if you are new here, uh, welcome. But uh, again, before I go too deep into it, this is what I talk about, being human, being a Jesus follower, being a nun in the current research vernacular of how they describe those of us who are, well, simply done with all that and claim no religious affiliation at all. Yet for me, the words teaching life journey of Jesus that I learned about in church and seminary and all that, call him a prophet, call him the Christ, call him the Messiah, Whatever is your description of this human who at one point walked the planet are sticky, sticky in that they stay with me. They act as both glue and guide, the perfect guide in my estimation of what it means to be a good human and how to be in community with our fellow and sister humans. And y'all, that is hard work. I live in Ohio, and at this point in time, we might be the current ground zero for a big, what I'm calling, misinformation campaign funded by some super rich folks who, I have to remind myself, 
are humans too, humans with agendas. And I don't agree with their agenda, obviously. So there's that. But we all have agendas though, right? We all just don't have the resources to be loud and influential with our agendas. And you are like saying, well, Juliet, you have a podcast and a platform. I do, I do own up to my agenda of being a Jesus following pro choice, pro freedom, pro stay out of other people's bedrooms and lives type of human, which covers quite a lot of ground there. I will also own up to being intolerant to those who practice intolerance. So yeah, that can actually coexist in the same gray space. My agenda errs on the side of love versus the love of power. So there is a difference, but it also, again, may be gray space. I think it's hard for us as humans to live in the gray. We want clear lines of demarcation. We want clear left or right. We want clear right or wrong. Non-binary choices require a bit of brain work. On most issues, politically speaking, I can move my needle of decision up or down or right to left on the scale, which is why I'm described as politically moderate. But there are a few things where <laughs> that's going to be a no for me, dog. But that's after some thought and actually seeking out and listening to different points of view. Some things, some issues are gut issues, and it's difficult to live in intellectual space about them. But I will listen. I will consider. I will Google things that make me go, hmm. What I will not be on those gut issues is ultimately undecisive. Sometimes I learn that people have a reason or reasons for why they are steadfastly on one side or the other. And if you can stay in dialogue with a given person without descending into dehumanizing name calling, you might get to the bottom of that decision point. That takes some time and it takes some deep breathing and it takes some inner dialogue, reminding yourself that you are an emotionally intelligent person who wants to be and act in her highest self mode always. So I had and am having opportunities, ample opportunities to practice all that I've just been talking about in the last few minutes. Like many families, we have our own family drama. Everyone seems to have those family members that are, well, difficult to put it mildly. You tell yourself that you don't have enough spoons, enough energy, enough dig down deep to deal with said family members. But in the face of tragedy, and as I said earlier, our family had more than our share in the last several weeks, in the face of tragedy and devastation, whatever the challenge is, whatever the tension is, wherever the lines are drawn, it simply all becomes irrelevant. In the face of tragedy, you make space. In the face of devastation, you offer grace. Death makes all that came before and what 
might come after are simply irrelevant and unimportant. In the face of tragedy, there is only loss. Grief and loss are the great levelers of all the tall fortresses of protection we build around ourselves in those special moments. I'm not here to say that we shouldn't have fortresses of protection. Boundaries are necessary for our own self-preservation. Tragedy puts all of that in the gray area. Tragedy is a humanizer. I don't know why that is. I just know that it is so. In the face of our family tragedy, we had to open the door for dialogue to those we don't typically talk to for reasons, valid reasons, reasons that didn't seem to matter much during those difficult moments and those difficult days. For a time, we could all come together and be in agreement and solidarity in our grief. We could give each other space. We could offer each other grace because that's what human being human is about, isn't it? After the dust settled, did we go back to maintaining the boundary? Yes. Yeah, we did. Why? Because we know what kind of monkeys we can play with and tolerate in our family circus. Some energies are just not compatible. If peace and harmony is your goal in life, anything short of that, anyone who can't get on that page with you, well, they can't permanently be on the front pew of your life. And perhaps we aren't meant to continue traveling on this road called life. Everyone isn't. We would all do well to make peace with that simple truth. And that's okay. This is part of the human experience, is it not? As is death. As is devastation. And we have no choice in that. Because life happens as it happens and death comes when it comes how we live, how we love, how we grieve, how we recover from grief and go back to the live part is part of that universal human experience, that small dash between the date we are born and the date we die. Our entire lives are encapsulated in that small little dash. For me, in our family moments of grief and devastation, I had to call upon my personal resources and belief systems to allow, just to allow, to remind myself, who do I want to be in this situation? Do I want to be right? Or as a person of faith, do I want my actions to reflect the way of Jesus? Those were questions that I ruminated on quickly because tragedy is immediate and everything that comes after it matters. It counts. I want my life, those days between the born date and the death date, to count for the space and the grace that I extended when I did and while I could. I want my life to count for the love I gave, especially in the face of tragedy and loss. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Finding Faith.